Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. Welcome back to another episode of the Deal Deep Dive segment on the Westside Investors Network podcast. I'm your host, Trent Werner. In this segment, our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've invested in. We will dive deep into finding the deal, financing the deal, writing an offer, and the due diligence. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this episode. And now, let's dive deep. Welcome back to the Westside Investors Network podcast. I am your host, Trent Werner. On today's Deal Deep Dive episode, we're joined by Nathan Payne. Nathan has a career experience of door-to-door sales, leading sales teams, and even opening up his own cereal bar while he was in college. Today, Nathan is a co-owner of Offer On Homes, as well as Investor Thrive, a coaching company dedicated to teaching wholesalers and real estate investors how to acquire more property the painless way. Now let's welcome Nathan Payne. Nathan, thanks so much for joining me today. I can't wait to have a deal deep dive conversation with you about a deal in Fort Myers. Before we get into that, Nathan, please just take a minute or two and tell the listeners who you are. Of course. Well, I appreciate you having me on here. So my name is Nathan Payne. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Sorry about the voice. I was at a mastermind event in Tampa. I'm currently in the hotel lobby because I missed my flight. But yeah, I guess I came down with something or I don't know what's going on. Allergies. I feel fine. It's just my voice is jacked up. But so I, like I said, I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. I've been wholesaling for about five years. I've done pretty much fixing flips, creative deals, in wholesale. That's pretty much what I've been into. And then I started coaching about a year ago because I saw the need for a little bit more handholding implementation, like help with students. A lot of students are just scared to make calls and scared to take action. So my goal is to like kind of help them through that instead of just like watching YouTube videos for five years or two years and being stuck in analysis paralysis. So that's why I got into coaching. And yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And that's painless wholesaling is is a strategy that we use to dispo our deals instead of me telling people immediately to go find a deal. Cause that's generally, that's what people tell you. They say, pull list, start calling. That's how I started. I just started knocking doors and cold calling, got my first deal within three months. I'm just freaking grinding. I don't think that's the right way to tell new people to get started. I think the right way is to tell them to understand the market, develop relationships, develop great relationships with buyers and find them deals for them. So when they're making offers, they're confident, they know what they're looking for. They're not just randomly out there, wasting everybody's time or their time. So that's what painless wholesaling is. It's, it's developing relationships first, then going and getting deals. And I read in your bio that you have a background in sales, whether it be door-to-door or you know, having a team of sales professionals underneath you. How does that, or I guess, how did that transfer into wholesale real estate for you? You know, it's interesting. That's why I got into real estate because I had door-to-door sales experience for like six years. I ran a team. So I thought I was a great negotiator. I thought I was really good at sales. So I got into wholesaling or real estate because I was like, oh yeah, I can, can negotiate a house. No worries. No problem. And completely was wrong because it's totally different sale. Like a door-to-door sale, selling solar, selling dish network. That's what I was doing. That's like something, a decision someone sh- 
can make and will make right then, right? Like right on the spot, right at the door with their house, not, not even close. People have options. People want to explore. They want to feel confident about what they're doing. You're not going to be able to get close them. So when I first started, I thought it was like a quick close. I was like, Hey, yeah. So this is my offer. If you don't accept it, it's off the table. You got 24 hours. And people are like, forget this guy. Obviously I don't need to sell this guy. I can do what I can listen with an agent. I can do whatever I want. So I had to learn the right way to do sales, which is consulting, presenting options, making people trust you, rapport building, especially with these higher ticket items. So I thought it would help me. It didn't really help me. I had to dive deeper into the sales process. I mean, I would disagree though, because you had sales experience. You were comfortable talking with people, comfortable on the phones, making calls. That aspect, I feel like the sales background helped, but you are 100% correct. When it gets to a higher ticket item, I mean, it's about building a relationship, like you said, not necessarily your your sales technique, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess when it comes to like not being afraid to take action, that has helped me because when I first started, I just went and started knocking doors, asking people they wanted to sell, right? Because that's what they say. Go find some leads. That's how I knew how to get opportunities. Just go talk to people. And I think that does help me because I noticed a lot of people that get into real estate, they want to do a lot of research. They want to make sure they know their numbers and you know that stops a lot of people. So that did help me just to go out and take massive and perfect action. But once I took that action, I was ready to <laughs> sell. I, my sales process wasn't smooth. Well, I just want to touch on one thing you said there because it's very true and it's very good advice of take action and don't expect to be perfect. Don't expect to have the perfect plan or know every number by heart or every analysis detail so you can go talk to someone about their home. Taking action and being honest, hey, I don't know the answer to that right now. I'll get back to you with your answer. That is invaluable because that action leads to experience and that experience leads to better skills down the road. So that's something that I wanted to touch on real quick. Now, so you have painless wholesale as well as offer on homes. What is offer on homes and how does it relate to painless wholesale? So offer on homes is my wholesaling company. That's where we do most of our deals through. Well, before I actually started doing the strategy of painless wholesale, I had a a nationwide wholesaling company. It was like acquisition reps and everything, but because of the market shift, the way that it happened, I had a, a lot of my sales reps go and I stopped spending a ton of money on marketing. And I was like, hey, there's got to be a better way to do this efficiently and effectively. And that's how I came out with the strategy that I've always been doing. I just didn't think too much about it. But painless wholesaling is the method. The strategy is instead of going to market like to a big the nationwide, like the United States for PPC or even like a whole city and hitting up the absentee owner list, for example, and blasting everybody, it's finding out what your buyers want and specifically specifically going to get them that opportunity. And that can save you a ton on marketing, can save you a ton on your overhead because you don't have a giant team behind that. Right, right. Okay. And do you acquire properties and hold them? Do you have a portfolio of, of investment real estate? I personally have a couple rentals, but that hasn't been a goal of mine or been achievable because as you have like a wholesaling business, most of the time you have to wholesale your properties that come in through your business to pay everybody. Yeah. And that's why I personally think like having just scaling a wholesaling business, I, after doing it for four years, I don't think it's like what I want personally. I don't think it's the smartest thing to do because of the fact that it's kind of harder to hold on to stuff too, because you got to keep the machine going. So right. I, that was a long way to answer the question, but I have a couple. Gotcha. And then we did mention that you have a deal in contract in Fort Myers. How did you find that deal and what are the numbers on it? Yeah. So let's talk about this. So there's the painless way of doing real estate where you do deals in your market and you have buyers and it's as simple as being like, okay, I have a couple of buyers. Let me call them and see what they pay. So that's the painless way. It's easy. 
or it's the painful way, which I have this deal where it's like, okay, I got this deal. I think it's good. It sounds good. I got to go find somebody. That's where I'm at right now on this deal. So how did I find this deal? One of my students was looking in Fort Myers and he's like, Hey, I think I got this good opportunity. I don't know how to negotiate. Can you help me out? So I called the seller for him and negotiated a deal. She wanted, she had it listed on the MLS for 320 and the house is probably worth 320. But after her commissions and fees of selling it on the MLS, she'd walk away like 290, but she wanted 300,000. So she took it down and she had listed, she had put this property up on like Facebook groups. My student had called her about it. So he's like, oh yeah, she wants to sell. So I called her and I was like, hey, look, like you're asking, you want 300,000. You couldn't even sell this thing at 320. You want retail. The only way we could ever make this work is if we did something on terms, right? Like I could give you your asking price if you gave me the right terms. So she's like, okay, well, what does that look like? And I was like, well, I can't give you any money down because there's just, there's no room on it. So if I can just come into this deal and just make you payments. So her equity, she owes 220, but she wants 300,000, right? So it's not subject to where I'm just taking over her payments. This would, I think she'd be selling. I'm not like a hundred like percent, like the best creative guy, but I know that if I can get a cash, get into cash flow, I can make it work. I'll let the legal people figure out the paperwork, but I just knew that if I can make a little bit more. So I said, Hey, what's your payment or what, what would we have to, what would I have to pay you? So at 300,000, if I gave her 4% interest, the payment's like 1400 bucks or something like that. And she tells me currently it's rented as an Airbnb. She just doesn't want it. She's the property's in Florida. She's in California. She just doesn't want it. So she sent me the receipts her Airbnbs for $3,000. So that's $1,600 difference, right? Mm-hmm. And if I can get into this property to make $1,600 a month, without nothing down, right? I think that's good. But again, the issue is, (laughs) will this property be worth 300,000 or can I sell it or refinance out of it at the end of the balloon? Now she said, okay, nothing down, but two years, two year balloon. Now I'm like, that's too, that's not enough time in my opinion, but maybe somebody will do it. Again, we're in the painful method right now where we're just like, I don't know, maybe somebody will do it. So that's kind of where I'm working on this deal. We reached out to some agents and they're like, yeah, we have some buyers that don't qualify for loans, but I think that would work. So we put it out for 340. So I have it at 300,000. We would sell it on a wrap. So we're asking for 340, 40 down. And then they could just make that the 300,000 that I have it. They would just make that payment. And maybe I could stay in the middle a little bit, right? And make a little bit of interest, but I'm thinking about just getting out of it. But yeah, that's the deal that I'm working on right now. So it completely was not a wholesale deal where you could buy it for cash. The lady would, the lady wants retail. And I was just trying to make it work. People that want it, like 100% are like, want it. They want like five years. They're like, yeah, that's a great deal. Five years. Of course, it's a great deal. Five years, right? But two years is almost like it's iffy. So that's kind of, I hope that's an example for your listeners. Like that's kind of what happens. Like when you do it, when you don't really know who's going to buy it, like if you don't know that market, I'm not from Fort Myers. So I'm trying to figure this out and I'm telling the seller, look, Hey, look, I have to bring in some people that are going to work on this deal with me. I don't live there. So I'm pretty transparent on like what I'm trying to do. And I do have a buyer who's like, yes, I'll take it at three Oh five. So they'll give me $5,000 down and they'll keep me in as a 10% equity partner for giving them the deal. But that's like five thousand dollars, ten percent equity partner, you know, ten percent of the rent over two years. That's okay. It's not. It's better than zero. But anyway, that's the deal. If that made sense as I explained it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, did you keep it as an Airbnb or short term rental? So I have it under contract right now. It's supposed to close in April, like middle of April, 
I'm still in that process of working on it. So she had till the end of March. She said, hey, at the end of March, my Airbnb tenants are going to be out. Then come and take an ear inspection. Come then take a look. So my goal was either to find that buyer that would give me the 40 down and we'll have them walk it at the end of it, like at the beginning of April, at the end of March, or just give it to that person at, or take it myself or give it to that person, be an equity partner. I don't want to stretch myself too thin and have like an Airbnb in Fort Myers and I got all this other stuff going on and it's two years. I'm a little iffy on the two years because you don't know what's going to happen. It could, the values could go up or it could go down and I'm owing money in two years, you know? Right. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Uptown Syndication is now offering a syndication coaching program for you to take your real estate portfolio to the next level. This is your opportunity to have experienced syndicators, AJ and Chris Shepard, coach you on your way to controlling your real estate investing future. Our coaching program will provide you with the tools and framework needed to begin syndicating real estate in your target market. Go to uptownsyndication.com today to learn more. So one thing I've heard from just talking about Florida in general, and I don't know if you've heard about this, but insurance right now in Florida is extremely hard to get on real estate, like property insurance. Have you heard anything about that? I've heard that, but with this property, the payment of 1400 includes her insurance. So we would just get on hers. I think it's already insured. Are you talking about like, like new properties? Like if you were to buy something like new? Yeah. Yeah. You know, thinking on the, on the buyer, like whoever you sell it to, if they're going to use it as a primary or, you know, even an Airbnb, keeping it as an Airbnb, a new purchase getting insurances I've heard is extremely difficult in Florida right now. So that's why I was asking the hurricanes or something. Is that what you would think? Yeah, just because of the disasters that are going on. Well, fuck, yeah. Fort Myers got hit, right? So yeah, yeah, didn't think about that, but yeah, that's probably true. Like, even if a buyer buys it, I'm not a hundred percent sure how that works out. Like, if she, if I sell it, like on a wrap to someone else, and there's insurance currently on it, like, does the person I sell to on a wrap do they need to get insurance? If there's technically insurance through the payment, or could they get put on her insurance? That's when these wraps and these things get a little confusing to me. But that's why I have a legal, you know, title company and legal team that. Yeah. help me out with this stuff. Absolutely. So if it comes down to it where you do end up holding the property, you know, trying to find a buyer, no one's coming out of the woodworks anytime soon. And you have to basically operate this deal for a year, 18 mm-hmm. months, however long you have to operate it for. Would you intend on keeping it as a short-term rental or would you convert it to a long-term? That's a great question. I probably would do a short-term for the span of the two years or whatever I agree on. I'm probably going to renegotiate and try to ask for a little bit more time, but I'd probably keep it as Airbnb until that got a little funky. Like if I heard Airbnb is like, those are the first thing to go down when there's a recession or there's like people just stop traveling. And I don't know if that's like hundred percent true in that area, but the rents in the area are for, I looked at it too. And it's like 2,400 a month. So it still is cash flows at where it's currently at. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things that you want to make sure is like, okay, you don't want to just be stuck on the short-term rental as the game plan. You, if it doesn't work, you want to be able to rent it long-term as well. Right. Absolutely. Very nice. Interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting one. It's, it, so it's not like a no brainer. And I would say a lot of deals aren't no brainers that you come across. Cause <laughs> like, obviously if a seller leaves a big spread on there or 
it makes a complete sense. And yeah, there's no reason like analyze it too deep, just do it. But there's a lot of ones where it's like, I don't know, not sure. I'm sure in 10 years, it's a no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm honestly kind of at a loss for words because I've never heard of a deal with as many variables in it, especially, I mean, I buy wholesale real estate here locally all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's certain nuances which, with every deal, but the one that you just shared is, is definitely has more variables than I've ever seen in, in a wholesale deal. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I try when I'm talking to sellers, I try to figure out, I try to squeeze everything, right? Like squeeze everything. as the, Most people would look at this like the same deal, right? It's not a wholesale deal. You can't get it for cash. You can't list it because she just listed it and she doesn't want that. But for me, I'm like, okay, we got a motivated seller. Mm-hmm. What can I do to make money? Right. So I'd rather try to squeeze something and make five, 10, whatever, versus just like let it go. And she's motivated. Right. So yeah, I'm always squeezing. I like that. It sounds like you're a deal junkie, just like myself. And you're always looking how to make a deal work. Right. I feel like deals can always work if you're working with a seller that's like open to, you know, rolling with you. I don't really like to do like the squeezing and rolling around if the seller's like really difficult. Like it's going to be tough. You need that trust when you're talking to a seller and you need to be able to, you know, go over a ton of different options if you're going to try to make something work. Absolutely. All right. This is kind of a random question before we wrap up here in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. What's the best wholesale deal you've done? whether it's acquisition or the disposition side of it, what's your favorite deal, wholesale deal that you've done? Favorite. Oof. Or the, you but, know, or the highest proceeds one, whatever it may be. We did. Can is wholesale count? Like where we could have yeah. wholesaled it, but we just decided to put it on the market. Absolutely. So the nicest one that we did was it was like a $90,000 wholesale. It would have been like a $60,000 wholesale. But all we did is we got it. We painted it. And we put it on the market and we got above asking price. That was when the market was so hot. That was awesome time for wholesalers, right? <laughs> like it could just, and really wholesaling didn't even make sense during that two-year period. It was just like, dude, just take it and put it on the market and clean it, right? Yeah. So that was probably the best, right? Because you could just take stuff and put it on the MLS. But when it comes to wholesale, I would say like the ones that are so quick and easy that the seller like is signs, there's no issues. Let's say I had one that was, this is a good one, $30,000 deal. The seller, I call her on a Saturday. She doesn't answer my phone because she's talking to another, she's like talking to someone else. So she's probably not answering my phone. I keep following up with her. I follow up with her on Monday and she's like, hey, I'm already selling to someone else. And I'm like, uh, what did he offer you? Simple as this. Like, what did he offer you? Uh, 190. I was like, well, look, what would make it worth your while to go with me? He's obviously offering you 190. What would make it worth your while to go with me? We've already talked before. What would make it? She said, you pay a little bit more. I said, is there anything else? I know you're worried about moving all your stuff. Do you need any help? She's like, yeah, that would be awesome. That would really help. So I was like, okay, what if I can do 191 and I can help you move, right? I can get a moving company to help you out. She's like, okay. So then that day we got under contract. So it's very easy negotiation. I just <laughs> beat the guy's offer and then said, I can help you move. And then that day I called one of my buyers and we assigned it to someone for $30,000 and closed like four days later. That was really nice because it's like, okay, 30K in a week, minimal headache. She signed, he signed. It was easy. Got a good review on Google. And he, the buyer, moved her because that was kind of what we said to him. It's like, hey, bro, if you buy this, can you move her? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. And he paid for the moving company. When those things happen, oh, bro, it's the best feeling because you're like, 
no headaches, no issues with title. Beautiful. That's a great example of why building the relationship matters because you built the relationship prior. You were able to, mm-hmm. to get out of her, you know, what, what's going to make it worth your while to go with us. And you offered a, a solution that it's hard to turn down. If you're going to pay me a thousand dollars more and help me move, why wouldn't I go with you? Exactly. I probably didn't even need to give her a little bit more. I probably just moved her, but yeah, relationships are huge. And I think people fall into the category. What I did is they try to convince people to go with them, right? They're just like, Oh, you should, this is wholesaling. Or they say, my cash offer is going to help you because it's just better. Like, no, man, people don't want to be convinced. They want to be helped. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nathan, I appreciate you sharing these stories and these deals with us. Is there any place you want people to connect or hear more from you or learn more about you? Yeah. If they go to painlesswholesaling.com, I do a free webinar on Thursday, a free masterclass where I teach people how to do what I do. And at the end, I make them a special offer. So yeah, if you guys want to learn more about how to get into wholesaling and do it ethical, the most efficient and effective and profitable way, that's what I teach for brand new people. Even people that are brand new, I show them how to do that. So I'd like for them to go to the painlesswholesaling.com. I think that'd be great. And we'll be sure to link that in the show notes. Nathan, thank you again for your time today and for sharing. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to get this one out for all our listeners. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.